Welcome to a new episode of Saturday Soundbites, the vibrant and powerhouse podcast where we discuss all things customer service, marketing, and communications in the K-12 education space. I'm Veronica V. Sofer, a K-12 communications expert with more than two decades in the industry, and I'm your host. Communications is at the heart of everything in education, and I'm committed to bringing on innovative, passionate, and successful experts that are going to teach you how to level up your district's visibility and impact. So whether you're an education leader, teacher, school marketer, or anything in between, Saturday Soundbites is your go-to for information, insight, and sometimes a good laugh. Be sure to check out my website, veronicavsofer.com, to get even more tips and tools and to see some of the powerful resources and courses I've created for educators. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to Saturday Soundbites. I'm your host, Veronica Sofer. I am thrilled to be here with you again on another Saturday morning to talk about all things visibility strategy, public relations, advertising, marketing, branding, networking, wellness. All those things are important as we go out in the world and be bold, whether we are working a nine to five or whether we are working in our own businesses. So today I have a phenomenal guest that's going to talk about work-life balance. And I'm just so excited that we're going to be having some of these really important conversations that are going to probably resonate with most of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. A little bit of housekeeping. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of Saturday Soundbites. And if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, drop us some comments and my guests and I will be sure to circle back with you. So let's go ahead and get this awesome episode kicked off. I'm bringing on Jen Rafferty. Thank you so much for joining us on Saturday Soundbites. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Yay. So I, first of all, I want to just say that I'm thrilled to have a fellow educator uh, on the podcast because we talk about all the things we need to do to be successful. And oftentimes people are coming in with a corporate background or with a healthcare background. The fact that you've got some um, life skills and you've develop some of these things that you're doing in your career now we're rooted in 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 education is just really exciting for me so i'm so excited that you're on the show thank you yeah this is great so tell us a little bit about your journey um obviously i know you're um running empowered um, educator.com we'll make sure all that contact information is is on the show notes but tell us the journey how did you get there Sure. Well, I was a music teacher, mostly in the secondary space, middle school and high school for 15 years. And I really thought I was going to do that my whole life. I knew I wanted to do that when I was a little girl. And I finally had my dream job. I was in the classroom and I wrote a book in December of 2019 about being a music teacher. And I was going to go on the book tours and go to the universities. And uh, then COVID happened. (laughs) So none of that actually um, came to be. And at the same time, um, my husband and I at the time also decided to get a divorce. And I moved out of my house the same weekend the world shut down with my kids who were five and seven at the time. And it was a incredibly difficult time, obviously, for everyone. Um, and my journey really has to start there because it was a moment where I everything that I knew and I thought that I was, all of a sudden, like, I, I just wasn't overnight. Mm-hmm. And it really became an important opportunity for me to rediscover, first of all, who I was, and I think more importantly, who I wanted to be. Ah. And so it was this beautiful time of reflection and introspection. I started my PhD in educational psychology that following fall when I stayed home with my two kids to do homeschooling, which is another story for another day. (laughs) 
and um, I really just started to do a lot of mindset work for myself and my own healing. And in doing so, I discovered a really big gap in what teachers especially needed, right? Mm -hmm. So I was um, working in mindset. I was doing work with cognitive neuroscience, which always fascinated me. I became certified as an emotional intelligence practitioner. And when it came time to decide whether or not I wanted to go back to teaching, I decided, you know, I, I think I need to do this. This is my, not my calling now, and I need to follow my intuition to do that. So Empowered Educator was born, and now I work with teachers and school leaders and focus on the social and emotional well-being of all of the adults in schools. Oh, that's so important, especially in this post-COVID era. How do you um, incorporate your music background? You talked a lot about the neuroscience, and we know that there's a correlation. I mean, We've all read reports, especially those of us with a background in the K-12 space, about how our special education students do so well with art therapy and music therapy. And we know now, we know so much more now about the brain. How are you incorporating that with adults? Because we see that happening with children, but can't some of those strategies be used on adults too? Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because um, now I'm almost two years into doing this is the first time I'm actually exploring making that correlation uh, yeah. explicitly because, you know, going into a group of, of educators and be like, hey, guys, we're going to sing today. Um, it's not really doesn't feel safe. Right. Because that's right. often a space where people feel uncomfortable. And so um, what I've been thinking about recently, and it's just so interesting you ask this right now, um, is is using arts in general as uh, underscoring its self-regulation power, right? Um, Tenant six of Empowered Educator is really about finding your voice. And a lot of that requires you to regulate your nervous system enough to find that creative and expression uh, um, place for expression. So you even know what it is that you want to say and know how to articulate it. So music and art and, and any of, of those creative spaces can really be a beautiful tool in order to get there. I mean, I could go on about the benefits of arts education for forever, but I right. think especially for adults, we often can look at that as like, extra or like playtime or leisure or pleasure. And that comes secondary to a lot of the things that we quote think are important. And what I try to do in all of the work that, that I do with, with the adults in these spaces is really try to flip the script is that your well-being, your pleasure, your ability to have fun and feel good is actually the most important thing because it makes everything else work better. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I and I love that you are bringing this into um, into the adult space because we, we've seen it work really, really well with kids. And I think that educators now more than ever are struggling with their mindset as we recover from COVID because we've heard stories of teachers and administrators really struggling with the recovery from COVID. We were in adrenaline mode, we were doing what we had to do, virtual school, back in person, back to virtual, back in person. And that exhaustion, um, I think, has played a role in what we're seeing now today as people are, like you said, reevaluating their life and figuring out what it is they want to do and if they still want to be in the space. Yeah. Yes. And so what's happening is that we're not creating space to really unpack that. And we're just go, 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 push through because we're doing it for the kids, right? And we're not allowing ourselves time to really unpack the things that we need to look at 
so we can move forward with conscious decision making instead of just doing the things that we've always done because that's the default that feels natural, uh, but it's not actually serving us, right? Um, 100% of us lived through the trauma of a pandemic. Yeah. Nobody escaped that. And in an effort to make things as normal as possible, we have leapfrogged over some of the most important healing that we need to do, which mm -hmm. includes mourning and grief of the life and time that that was lost, right? We're just jumping ahead towards, okay, well, now what? Now what? And there's a time and place for that only when we can really sit with the pain, which doesn't feel good right? Um, but that's the only place where we can grow and learn and again, make conscious decisions about going back to my process too, and my journey, who, who I am, who we are, and more importantly, where we want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jen, when you're thinking about working with, with folks, um, especially in the K-12 space, um, how do you, if someone were to say, oh, yeah, what is work-life balance? Is that really even possible? How do I even get that, right? I mean, that's what we wanted to talk about today. How do you even get them to start considering that there is an option for some sort of balance that's going to be healthy? Um, and it's something that they can do because it can be really overwhelming and intimidating to think about if you're just starting this part of your journey. Sure. Of course it can. And th that's why I actually don't even like to think of work-life as a balance because that analogy in and of itself feels very stressful for me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? It stresses me out too, just thinking about it. Yeah. It, just the imagery is just so stressful. You're just trying to constantly have to balance everything. And what happens when you drop something? Well, then everything falls off. Of course it doesn't feel good. And of course it feels impossible because when we think about it that way, it actually sets us up to not feel good and, and to always feel as if we're not doing enough. So I really like to reframe this idea as work-life blend. Oh, got it. Right? Doesn't that feel better? Feels so much better. Yeah. yeah. And so when we come from a place of work-life blend, there are going to be times and moments in your life where work is going to require some more attention and that is beautifully okay. And there are going to be times when your, your family and the people in your life are going to require more attention and that is also perfectly okay. And you are going to require more time and attention. And so this idea of blend creates this fluidity between these spaces where we're not juggling balls or balancing spinning plates or just waiting for the shoe to drop. All of those like things sound just very unsafe and scary. And if you're just noticing what's happening in your body, even when we're talking about yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> right? It feels constricting. It feels tense. It feels overwhelming and heavy. And when we're going through life from a place that feels like that, we're just perpetuating more of it. Right. And in order to get out of that habit and that cycle, we need to start reframing things. So if we're coming from a place of blend, then you get to give yourself grace where it's like, you know what? I'm not feeling well today and I'm going to take a day off and that's okay because I don't have to balance anything. Yeah. Well, you use the word grace and I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I struggle with that idea that it's okay to take a day off, right? I mean, everyone in the house can have COVID. Everyone could have, you know, past due assignments. Uh, we didn't place the yearbook order in time. All those things that kind of manage our day-to-day -day home, home stress. And I find that grace is probably the one thing I struggle with the most. How do you how do you help someone get to the point to where they're like, it's okay that I missed all those deadlines and that everyone is sick and I forgot to pick up the prescription? How do you help them get to that point of it's okay? So that's a great 
loaded question, but it's a very important question because I think that's the place that everyone kind of stops, right? It's like, I struggle with grace, so I'm not even going to go there. Right. Right. I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. And um, that, of course, keeps you further and further away from it. So we're going to, we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about it. And one of the most important things in all of this is to remember that, and I just like need you to get on this train with me with this, is that you are inherently worthy just because you are, mm. just because you exist. You do not have to earn time for yourself. You do not have to be deserving of, of a place and time of healing. You do not have to overwork to then get the reward of rest. You are worthy of all of those things because you exist. And somewhere along the line, usually between the ages of zero to seven, we've learned that we need to earn those things. Mm -hmm. And this happens because when we are that age, our subconscious mind runs the show and we are video cameras making meaning about everything in this world. And most of the time it is just meaning about us and what that means about me regarding any situation that's happening around us. Right? So then we get older and we're in our thirties and forties and it looks like we have it all together, but really our seven-year-old is running the show. So when you're having a moment where everything around you seems to be on fire, yet you are still arguing with yourself about whether or not you should take a day off, that is a beautiful moment to recognize what's actually going on. That is your beautiful biology working for you, keeping you safe. That's its job. It's doing a great job because like yeah. you're alive right now talking to me. So well done, your nervous system, right? <laughs> and in that moment of awareness, you get to take a breath, yeah. <laughs> feel what's going on inside of your body, notice the, the constriction, the tension, the tightness that's happening, breathe. And then when you start to hear like, I should, or I shouldn't, it's a beautiful moment to get really curious, like get rid of that judgment because judgment and curiosity cannot exist in the same place. Mm -hmm. So if you get curious, like, what is this, where is this should coming from? I really should still stay at work. I really shouldn't take this day. If you ask yourself that question, whose should is this? It's probably not yours. And when you start really getting curious about this, you realize that you now have your agency to make your own decisions instead of living by somebody else's expectations of what they think you should be doing. Yes. Wow. That is so powerful. And I think, you know, my hands got nervous as you were describing the, the journey. I could tell. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I'm sitting here telling myself, listen, listen, be in the moment, absorb it. And then all of a sudden I started picturing that journey of having that conversation. And yeah, I mean, the, the idea that we don't have to have it all together and balanced and work, uh, you know, a nine to five and still raise kids and, and have a social life. And I mean, that's, it's a lot of pressure for some, some, for some people to, to try and work through every day. It's a lot of pressure, and I would argue for everybody, because yeah. even the people who you look at and like, oh, wow, they look like they have it all together. We know that's not true. Like, okay. we've been on this earth long enough to know that, like, that's just not true, okay? Yes. So let's just, like, drop the facade. You're done with that now. And when we all start to unpack this and get a little bit more vulnerable and human with each other, that's really when the grace and compassion for yeah. each other come in, too, right? Because when you start treating yourself like somebody you love, it gives permission for the next person to do the same. Yeah. Because then they're like, oh, wow, Veronica took that day and 
she has very clear boundaries of what's important to her. And that means that maybe I can do that too. Right. And I think that goes back to uh, something that's important here is getting really clear on what your values are. What are your values? Do you value hustle and pressure? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to wager probably not. Right. So if, if you value peace and ease and family and um, joy, then you get to be in the driver's seat and navigate these really difficult moments, figuring out well and feeling out how do I incorporate some more of joy and peace and ease and calm into this situation right now, and then make a decision based on that. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful, Jen. Absolutely. That is so powerful. And I love that we were able to connect that to um, not only what folks are doing um, at work, but at home too, right? That, that it, it goes, it goes always in that. Yeah. I mean, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that happens, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen, tell me, how can people work with you? What are some of the projects that you've got on the horizon and how can people connect with you? Especially we've got a lot of viewers and listeners in the K-12 space in particular. So I'd love an opportunity for them to connect with you. Yes. Well, empowerededucator.com is the place where you can get lots of information. On the resources page, you'll see lots of free stuff that you can get where um, you can connect with me and um, just get some solid techniques and strategies of like how you can start incorporating this in your practices now because inspiration is great and you're listening to like wow that sounds so great I'm more interested in in integration right Mm -hmm. none of this matters if we're like thinking that oh cool this sounds good but until we start doing the work you're not actually going to be seeing any changes so that is really what all my services are about Um, right now I am working with school districts and regional teacher centers for programming so teachers and school leaders can get trained in this empowered educator framework so they show up feeling great as their best selves both at work and at home which then really you're able to transform the school cultures of the communities that you work with I mean that's what we're doing you change the world by changing yourself and I, I think that until now we've been pointing a whole lot of fingers about who's to blame for all of the problems, especially going on in education, this programming is going to change the world because it empowers you to change yourself. So um, those are the best places to go. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Empowered Educator Faculty Room, and that's a really great place to get some more information and be in community. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Jen. It was wonderful to have you on the show. I appreciate all the insight and all the little journeys you took me on during this episode. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, everybody, make sure you connect with Jen Rafferty. It is so important that we have the supports we need for not only ourselves, but for our teams as we navigate this post-COVID world and figuring out how to make it all work for ourselves. So thrilled about today's show. I appreciate everyone turning in. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of Saturday Soundbites. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, connect with Jen there, and then also drop us some comments on this episode. As always, you can find me at veronicavsofer.com, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. With that, I'm sending you lots of positive energy and light.